disrupt everything on this tech edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools, and welcome to this tech episode of Industry Focus. It is Friday, April 1st. I am your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in studio today by a special guest, the Motley Fool's own Alan Moskovitz. Um, Alan, you've worn quite a few hats in your time here at The Fool. You've been here, what, eight years or so? Yep, that's correct. Um, so, you were part of our analyst development program, which is like kind of our feeder for the premium team uh, and uh, the guys that run the newsletters. And uh, you're an editorial now. Um, in my opinion, though, I think some of the best work that you do kind of revolves around investor advocacy and us standing up for the little guy, right? Uh, the average Joe consumer. And so, uh, you've recently done some work in that, and I think it's becoming a little bit more topical now. So, I thought this would be a great episode, great opportunity to dive into that and uh, just kind of explore the topic of the Jobs Act and what you've done with your congressional testimony there. Well, thanks, Dylan. It's fun to be here with you. Um, so, several years ago, um, I had an opportunity to testify to the Senate uh, just following the passage of the Jobs Act, which was basically a law that was passed um, to change the way that companies can come public, um, to make it easier for companies to get capital. Okay, and so just as a timeline here, uh, this started out what 2012, 2013 or so. Um, the idea and the, the thing that we're honing in on here on this episode is specifically Title Three of the Jobs Act, uh, which was passed by the SEC in late 2015, um, and basically this is allowing private businesses to raise money in kind of a crowdfunding type way. Um, with investors that usually weren't able to access those rounds of funding? Yeah, crowdfunding as we've known it until now in the United States has been basically you start you have a business and you want to get some money up front um, because you don't have all this capital already. And so you invent, you know, like cat shirts or something like that. <laughs> Very popular product. Oh my God. You have no idea. And um and so you say like, hey, um I need to make these cat shirts, um, can you pay me uh, money in advance, and we'll send you a gift of a cat shirt? So, until now, and, and these are the platforms mm -hmm. like Kickstarter, yeah. uh, Indiegogo, things like that. Those are the popular ones, and yeah, until now, it's basically been a gift business model where you people donate money to you and you give them a gift. What's new now is that um, the SEC has now cleared the way for companies to issue equity, so shares in their company to people who would like to invest in them through a crowdfunding platform. But no cat shirts. That's the trade-off, Sadly, right? no. Yeah, so you get shares, but no cat shirts. Um, and I, the idea here is it's easier for early-stage businesses to get access to capital, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, this sounds all good and well. I'm guessing that there are some issues with that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been testifying in front of Congress. Right. So, there were sort of several issues with it that made that made us concerned. Um, I'd say probably the biggest one, right, is that the way that the Jobs Act went about making it easier for companies to access capital was to make it basically to water down the accounting standards a little bit for companies that want to come public. So, for example, and this isn't the crowdfunding necessarily um, piece of the of the legislation, but you know, if a company wants to come public um, and it has less than a billion in revenue, which is Pretty much every company that's coming public, um, then they could do various things um, like do a secret dry run with the SEC um, of their financials, which which could allow them to um, 
uh, to, you know, try to send send something through that, um, you know, wouldn't be uh, their first choice, and then, and then if it doesn't get accepted by the SEC, then they can, you know, try try another one. So that, like kind of a rough draft of uh, S one filing. Yeah, you can be as aggressive as you want in the first one in your first S one, and then if it doesn't work, maybe tone it down a little bit, and then yeah, um, send it back for edits. Yeah, exactly. Get it ready for the regulators on a second shot. Yeah, um, and various other things um, that um, sort of made the accounting standards. Uh, quite a bit looser for when companies come public. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think one of the the big things for investors here is the switch from the accredited investor to the everyday investor, right? So these private placements originally were for your high net worth individuals, venture capitalists, mm-hmm. um, you know, funds that are making these private placements, and that that's quite a bit different now with this proposed legislation that will go into effect, I believe, May 2016, right? The companies can start acting on it then. Right. And so, um, you know, until now, if you were, uh, if you wanted to invest in a company that wasn't public yet, you would be a wealthy individual who is investing in a venture capital fund, and they would, um, they would, uh, the company would raise capital through like a, a VC. Um, and sort of another issue with the Jobs Act is that it sort of was set up in a way that could possibly be designed to help VCs sort of cash out at the expense of um, investors who don't really know as much because of the weaker accounting. Yeah, one of the things I was kind of surprised with uh, was that VCs were really pushing this. Um, they, you said that they were one of kind of the strongest lobbyists in a lot of ways for this legislation. Um, it, I didn't really connect two and two together. I thought at first, you know, this is just another access to capital. But um, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? Yeah, well, actually, one of the big pushes for it came from something called uh, a task force that was put together. Um, and it was assembled sort of by the Treasury, but it sort of acquired this quasi formal status um, that was great PR, but it was basically like a bunch of private equity or a bunch of venture capital people and lawyers and stuff like that um, who are. Creating sort of a wish list, um, and I remember you before we were doing the show. We were talking a little bit, and you said uh, they threw out this kind of dubious number: the idea that uh, is it eighty percent of or ninety percent of jobs that are created by companies are after they go public, and this was kind of their rallying cry. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you think about it, it's sort of like saying that you know ninety percent of gold medal Olympians have already graduated from middle school, right? It's yeah. because you're bigger. <laughs> that <laughs> you can do that. You're ready to take on all those employees. Yeah, you're, you're a stable, com- a much more stable company at that point. Yeah, exactly. And the response to that data point wouldn't be that we need to we need to loosen our requirements on gym teachers so we can have more gym teachers. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think one of the last major concerns, uh, at least as I see it, is the issue of liquidity. Right. So um, the average investor is very used to. Buying, you know, whether it's a piece of a mutual fund, individual shares, and being able to get in and out of positions very quickly. Obviously, we preach long-term investing here, but um, it's nice to know that you can get out of a position if you need to, if something dramatically changes. And uh, investing in private companies is quite a bit different, right? It's something if you are investing in a private company or crowdfunding um, equity to a company um, that you need to know is that you may not be able to sell your shares if you need to, or if you. Um, change your mind about the company, mm-hmm. and I, I think lastly, uh, before we kind of get on to 
one of the things I'm most excited to talk about in the show, uh, something that we're announcing here at the Fool, is um, these are obviously inherently a little bit riskier, right? Um, you know, the private companies have not gone through the kind of legitimizing process of going public. Um, their books, in a lot of ways, haven't been scrutinized the same way, um, and their their business concepts haven't really been proven out. Um, so I think that's another thing investors kind of have to hone in on with these private placement opportunities. Um, so okay, it's clear you've done your homework here, Alon. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that you've you've done quite a bit of the fool already, and a lot of your stuff's on the investor advocacy side. Uh, we announced this today actually um, that we are launching uh, the Motley Fools Rush In, which is um, a crowdfunding platform that makes uh, makes it easier for some of these types of businesses to get the average investor. You know, interested. Um, you are the product manager for this product and this platform. Um, you've you know you've laid out a lot of concerns for these types of investments, and obviously, like you know, you testified against them uh, before Congress. Uh, can you talk about the decision to bring this platform to fools? Well, Dylan, yeah, I'm very excited about the new role that that I have with this. Um, and I mean, for me, it really all boils down to transparency. You know, we want to make sure that investors have the visibility into these companies that they need in order to make an informed decision about them. You know, there's nothing actually that's wrong necessarily with investing in private companies or startups per se. Um, but you want to make sure that you're informed about them and that you're going into it with both eyes open. And so by creating this platform, um, we just saw it as a great opportunity for us and for our members. Um, as well, um, in order to to be able to see what these companies are all about. Yeah, and I was swiping around a little bit, playing around in the platform before we did the show. Um, basically, the way it works is you have this tile. Um, you know, you get the company, the amount of uh, capital they're seeking to raise, a brief description of their business, and then you kind of have a it's like a, or dislike button. Very similar. It's a beautiful to, business card. <laughs> it's very beautiful. Um, and in a lot of ways, it seems very. It feels very familiar to the online dating apps, like your Tinder's or your uh, your, Ma- your hinges or Match or whatever. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the platform or some of the companies on the platform, and uh, you know what we're seeing? Because the idea here is like the, these are vetted companies, right? We're looking to provide our members, the people that follow the fool, with some really great private uh, investment opportunities. Yeah, I mean, we've we've looked at them a bit, um, and you know. I'm, you know, sort of gratified that you brought up the the interface of the platform, because you know that's obviously something that I've been really excited about, and the developers have been excited about, is that there's a lot of things in life that are difficult and hard and time consuming, and investing should be faster and easier than it's that it's been. You know, we live in a in a fast world and we have busy lives, and so we wanted to give people the opportunity to. You know, make decisions and act on them in sort of a time frame that makes sense. I mean, I, I equate it to my dating life, and I will say it's it's a lot easier to be on Tinder or something like that and just swiping left and right than it is to go out to a bar, meet someone, kind of talk to them, evaluate that conversation, right? Really do my homework. There's a lot of thought that goes into that, and it may or may not pay off. Right. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of sunk time. Yeah. That goes into that. Um, what about a couple companies that are on this platform that people can, you know, be excited about? Well, you know, I would say a sort of a fascinating um, one is, um, you know, it's a fun little company is Park Slope Pizza Society. Park Slope Pizza Society. We're actually going to be hearing from them uh, the second half of the show. That's that's right. I'm really excited. I've never met Buddy 
Buddy Swole before, um, but I've heard a lot of great things about him as a businessman and entrepreneur and CEO. Um, and you know, I just I'm just really impressed by the work that he's done at Park Slope. Mm-hmm. And and this is a company that is uh, looking to revolutionize the pizza industry, right? That's right. And it and if I may, Dylan, you know, it's a company that no one would have ever encountered were it not for Molly Fool Rush in, you know? Yeah, they're they're tucked away in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. I mean, they, us us East Coast elitists probably would never even come across them on a Yelp or anything like that. Well, I'm from Milwaukee, but <laughs> But, well, I guess uh, living in Boston and DC, I'm, I'm the East Coast elite. <laughs> what about uh, other businesses? I know there's some virtual reality companies in there, right? Um, we we tend to think, you know, from the outside, right, looking in, that you know, we get sort of a distorted view of what's happening in Silicon Valley. We see hot things like virtual reality and all of these devices, and we think that's what's going on. But really, underneath the surface, virtual reality may already be going the way of the dinosaur already. Um, wow, I find that hard to believe. I mean, the the Oculus Rift isn't even in consumer hands yet. I mean, yeah, its disruption happens fast, and this platform helps to give members and users sort of that inside edge that they can use to see sort of underneath the surface of of the virtual reality industry. And so, one of the really sort of mind blowing companies that we've encountered was a company called. Meta virtual reality that sort of they specialize in this emerging field of virtual virtual reality, and you know virtual reality is you know a pretty simple thing. You just strap on you know this eye set looks kind of silly, and you experience something that you know it may or may not be a great sort of unusual experience, but whatever. Meta virtual reality, you're actually doing virtual reality inside of virtual reality. And all kinds of sort of interesting properties can emerge from that experience once you have that, you know, that that sort of fertile loop going on. Uh, it sounds like technology that is like literally beyond what my mind can conceive. You know, that's that's true for and, me as well. <laughs> well, I think uh, the gist that I'm getting here is that the beauty of Motley Fool's Russian is it is an investing platform that can keep pace with the innovation that we're seeing in the tech space, which is really fantastic for investors. Yeah, it's, it's more decentralized that way. Well, excellent. Um, Fools, if you are interested in checking out Motley Fools Russian, please go to www.fool.com backslash VIP backslash fools hyphen rush hyphen in. There you can uh, learn how our platform works, start finding some hot startups in your area. One of the beauties of the platform is it is uh, geographically based. Um, and of course, if you have any questions, just please shoot them over to our customer service contact at rushinatfool.com. For the last part of the show, uh, you know, I know we talked about Buddy Swole and his business, Park Slope Pizza Society, a little bit earlier. Uh, I wanted to take the opportunity to shine a spotlight on what he's doing and uh, kind of use him as an example for some of the great businesses that are currently listed on Motley Fool's Rush In. Um, just kind of give him a platform to get his name out there, maybe show investors uh, what might be under their nose in private companies right now. So, I am joined right now on the phone by Buddy Swole, owner and operator of Park Slope Pizza Society in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. How's it going, Buddy? Hey, how you doing there, Darren? Uh, that's actually the, uh, uh, Buddy Swolinski. Oh, my apologies. So, yeah, Buddy Swolinski. I didn't see that on the, uh, the corporate paperwork. Did you, you change that name? Uh, no, uh, that's that's my name, Buddy Swolinski. That's great. Um, so, how's it going over there, buddy? Uh, how's business I know doing? It's, it's it's just another beautiful day here in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. 
can you explain to listeners just what your business does in maybe you know 30 seconds or so? Give them a sense of what Park Slope Pizza Society is all about. Oh, well, sure thing, Darren. Uh, Park Slope Pizza Society is all about uh, revolutionizing the way people order pizza in uh, America. Just like how Chipotle did it with Mexicans, we're doing it with Americans here in pizza. So this is uh, this is clearly another play in the very hot, fast, casual space. Um, very appealing to investors. You know, you see what happened uh, with the rise of Shake Shack. Uh, obviously, a ton of burger joints and burrito joints coming up. Uh, you guys are positioning yourself as the next Chipotle. That's a pretty big claim, buddy. Well, you know what we're doing here at Park Slope is we're making delicious pizza uh, that you just can't top, Darren. When you say that, it sounds like you don't have toppings. No, we don't. We don't actually put toppings on a pizza. We uh, we we make it with the best cheese available. In fact, that's why we moved to Wisconsin. Uh, you know, I'm I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, and because uh, to get closer to the cheese. You know, this is where the cheese is from. So we're here. We're close to the source, and we're getting the best cheese around, and we're putting it on the best pizza around. And you can you can come get some at Park Slope Pizza Society. That's great to see such a dedication to the business that you're willing to move to where the ingredients are the best. I mean, that is uh, that is fantastic. And I'm guessing you guys are locally sourcing. Um, one of the things that I'm most interested in, buddy, is why did you choose to use the crowdfunding approach? Well, uh, to be quite honest, the banks wouldn't give me any more money. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, most of the banks won't even let me in a building at this point. Uh, so I, I figured we had to go a different direction. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, the venture capitalists, uh, they weren't willing to shell out any dough? Uh, well, initially, uh, hey, that's pretty funny. Shell out some dough for a pizza place, huh? I do try. I do try, buddy. Uh, well, initially, you know, they, they were interested, um, uh, but uh, it, it kept the conversation kept circling back to topping. And uh, these guys don't want toppings. And uh, that's not what we do at Park Slope. Well, I guess you know toppings. I can't fault them. To- toppings do add to margins, uh, but I get it. I mean, you're a pizza purist. What can I say? Um, oh, you, you know, you know that's right. Yeah, it sounds that way. Um, so, buddy, one last thing about the business. Can you talk about your financial statements a little bit? Give investors an idea of uh, what kind of transparency they're getting from these businesses. Uh, well, you know, my accountant. He's he's really good at this sort of thing. He's much better than I am. Really, I don't really look at the financials too much, but I know we're looking for. Uh, Less than five hundred thousand dollars, because you know we're we're trying not to get audited here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We don't, and, we don't want the we don't want the government looking into our business or anything. And that's the regulatory cutoff, right? Uh, if you're raising less than five hundred thousand uh, dollars, your books don't have to be audited before you're seeking your funding. That is what I am told. Yeah. Well, you have you have some good guys running your books then. That's what I said. Yeah. They're very good guys. The best guys. Really. Uh, anything else you'd like to say to prospective investors, buddy? Uh, you know, just 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 come on. Uh, hook yourself up with the uh, if you're in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Uh, hook yourself up with the app Park Slope Pizza Society app, and you can uh, get your own pizza uh, and self deliver it uh, to yourself, and it's delicious. But uh, Darren, I gotta go. I got a guy here. He's been waiting around two hours for a pizza, uh, so and he's starting to get pretty mad. But it's been great talking to you. Great talking to you too, buddy. I guess that is truly the slow food movement in action there. It's been an honor. (laughs) Bye, guys. Well, that does it for this tech episode of Industry Focus. As always, people on the show may have interests in the companies they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those companies. So don't buy or sell or invest in anything based solely on what you hear on the show. For Alon Moskovitz, Buddy Swole, uh, I am Dylan Lewis. 
Thanks for listening, guys, and full on. Full on.